Hey, everybody, and welcome to week 51 of 52 Weeks of Empowerment. I am Andrea Pagnosi, your host, and I am also a career empowerment coach that is fiercely dedicated to getting everyone in 2022 to realizing their true career potential. This month is all about the ability to set yourself up for success in 2023. We've explored practices of purpose. We've talked business planning. We've talked about how to make that business planning process a little bit less stressful. We're trying to make it more fun and more engaging and more than just an annual thing, we're trying to make it a regular thing that people do. Today, we're going to look into the creative and abstract practice of vision boards. This is a practice that I started doing with my sister every new year, a few years back. And I have to say, my sister is also a pretty amazing career empowerment coach. And this practice really helped me visualize my goals. That was the missing piece for me because it was a way to subliminally hold myself accountable to my quest to attain these goals by seeing it every day, seeing some sort of a depiction of what my future self, my future business goals, my future ideas of what success looked like for me were on paper. And I had to look at it every day. And it was a wonderful thing that helped me to reinforce those goals on the daily. So I was able to be reminded, hey, what are you doing today to get towards this goal or that goal? And I'm so fortunate to have had a great teacher to impart that wisdom and practice upon me. And she's actually agreed to join the show today and impart that wisdom globally. So I am super excited to introduce our guest, who is someone that really personifies taking a vision and capitalizing on it. She herself has pivoted three or, or four times anyway in her career, as have I. So it is clearly in our blood. And what I love about it, not just the fact that she's my sister, but she's very diligent about learning new things, putting them to great use, and more than anything, helping others to adopt them as well. So it is my great pleasure to welcome Gail Burns to 52 Weeks of Empowerment. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I really wanted to say, ta-da! So, <laughs> <I am. laughs> thank you so much for asking me, and um, I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited you're here. This has never been a situation where I can honestly say my family didn't support this particular quest. 52 weeks of empowerment. If I didn't have the support of my family specifically you who's a fellow coach and knows what it's like to keep people empowered i it wouldn't have happened so thank you well, thank you thank you wonderful well, i'm saving the best for last yay second to last here i am <laughs> um, all right so what can i tell you well first let's let's hear a little bit about cuz we talked a little bit about how you yourself have pivoted a couple times in okay. your career so tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a coach well, I spent a lot of years in the hospitality business, running restaurants, bartending, waiting tables. And that happened because I read a book. I lived in Italy when I was married back in the early 70s. And I read a book and there was one line in it that changed my life. And it said, if you can be satisfied with menial tasks, you can travel the world. Well, I had come back here and I noticed that all my other friends were talking about what they were using to wash their floors, their kitchen floors, and the guys were all just watching football. And I thought, I got to get out of here. 
So um, I started traveling and I started doing this. It allowed me to travel a lot of, of the world, which was wonderful. And then when I hit my 50s, I looked around and I thought, hey, wasn't I supposed to have a family and savings going on here? So I had a great life. I great. I don't regret. I regret nothing. Then I ended up getting into real estate. So I got into real estate just before the collapse of the economy in the early 2000s. And then I got into coaching when I got up here, but I'll tell you a little bit about that. Just to let you know, there was the person that inspired me for vision boards. Uh, her name is Karen Smythe, and she was a, is an agent in Atlanta, Georgia. And she did a class that I went to. You know, before I had done vision boards, but I had a lot of words on them. And I had a lot of just pictures of like me with a sold sign in front of a house and, you know, different things like that. And she asked me one day at the class, she said, so what's going on with you? And I said, I feel like I keep stopping and starting. I'll get out there and I'll do some lead generation and then I'll back up. And, you know, I just keep going back and forth. And she said, oh, so you need like a, a switch that's always on on. And I said, yes, exactly. And I found a picture of a switch that was always on. And that was the best year of real estate, or that actually was the beginning of the great years of real estate that I had. That was the first year. So so that's what inspired me about it. And that's how I got there. You know, what's interesting, and I said it at the start of the show, we're, we're sisters. We have the same mother, different father. It's really in our blood to have pivoted careers. You talked about how you pivoted from hospitality to real estate. And you were about the same age I was when I pivoted from corporate America to owning my own coaching business. Mm -hmm. What's interesting was when I actually got certified as a coach, I had an opportunity to bring a friend along mm -hmm. on the training with me to see if they might be interested. And I thought, I'm gonna bring my sister. You ended up, it's funny that you mentioned Karen and talking about vision boarding because you ended up in coaching for real estate years later. Mm -hmm. So here we sit, now we're coaches, now we're trying to empower people, you in the real estate business, me with people trying to pivot in careers, ironically, and in walks vision boards. Tell me about what a vision board is really supposed to do from your perspective. Basically, it is supposed to, well, I'll read this to you because I think it's perfect. A pictorial representation of your vision in a powerful way to make your dreams more tangible, attainable, because it tells your mind what's most important. And so that's kind of what I have come to understand. I've been giving uh, vision board classes lately. And the more that I've been giving them, the more I've realized that I really did accomplish a lot through the vision boards, which I hadn't really thought about until I started talking to people about them. I will say that when I got up, I came back, I lived in um, Georgia for about 45 years and I moved back to Massachusetts in the end of 2018. And the other day I was realizing that that year when I did my vision board, it had a lot of pictures of family on it because I wanted to go traveling. And at that time I was trying a particular type of vision board where, and there's, there's a bunch of different things you can do and you just have to experiment and see what talks to you best. But at that point I had, I don't remember what was in the middle of the vision board, but there were five or six satellites around it. And it, everything like for family, friends, future finances, stuff like that. Every single one of them had a picture of my family. And this vision board I made in December of 2017. And as I was giving one of the classes, I realized that that's when I moved up here. So that was my 2018 vision board. Here I am. I moved up here in the end of, of November. 
and then took the coaching with you. And it's interesting because when I did that coaching, so that year I did a vision board and you may remember it, um, where it had a lot of really interesting, interesting pictures on it. Like there were like a lot of blues and purples and I, and there was a picture of a dragon with the chakras on it. Uh, there was a picture of um, people helping other people climb up a wall. There was a picture of the earth pouring back. It was just very, if you were to look at it, you'd be like, what are you thinking? But for some reason, it just hit my heart. And then the following year, I became a coach. And then the last one that I thought about for last year, I had done one. I wanted to become healthy. I'm not unhealthy, but you know, I have asthma and I've had diabetes and I just want to get rid of that crap. So I ended up doing a vision board and it had a picture, a big picture of a glass of water because I wanted to drink more water. And it had a picture of these old ladies walking along and, you know, doing stuff like that. And it just never really spoke to me. It just never spoke to me. And when I was looking at it, the one that I made when I became a coach, I have kept and I have it like in, it's it's protected, right? The other one just kept moved from here to there and it was kind of folded in half and it just was, you could tell, pictures were coming off of it. And I just, it just didn't speak to me as much, but I lost 20 pounds last year and I'm no longer have to be on medication for asthma. So it was still talking to me. You know, because that I believe it's because that's what my vision was. The thing that I used to do as far as vision boards and even before vision boards was at the end of the year, sometime, usually I did it in November. I would try to go away and just be by myself, like, you know, get a room in the mountains or at the beach or something like that. So it was just me. And I would sit and I would reflect on what had happened that year. And what did I want to take into the next year? And what did, what did I want to just leave behind in the year that I was doing this? It allowed me to really, after a while, after practice, it really allowed me to figure out what I really, really wanted. So when I figured out what it was that I really, really wanted, that's when I started doing the vision boards in a different place. I really like that because sometimes getting out of your element helps to think differently, be more centered. You're not drawn in 50 different directions. Your nephew running into your house unannounced, looking for a gift. Things that take you out of your element, I think, sometimes can push you into a better place of creativity. You often hear stories of Hemingway would travel to these exotic places to try mm-hmm. to write his books and things like that. So I, I love that. Now you mentioned that you used to do it in November. Is there an optimal time to do a vision board? I think of vision boards as you can, you can do it anytime, anytime you want to, even when you make a vision board for like, okay, so now make it for 2023. So I'm looking at a lot of, I haven't actually made it yet. I've how to do it this year and I haven't made mine yet. Um, So this weekend. Anyway, I feel like when you do a vision board that you can change it also. It's anytime is fine. I get used to doing it at the end of the year because in real estate, that's when you're thinking about, okay, here are my goals for next year. And I'm sure in other businesses as well, This, what are my goals for next year? And it's a good time to kind of sit back and look. You know, it's a good time to sit and be thankful for what's happened Mm -hmm. to you 
or because of things that you have done and just kind of reflect back on what has worked and what hasn't. And as far as you could do at any time, so you can make them at any time or you can change them at any time. So let's say I do my vision board this weekend and I get through the first quarter and I'm like, you know what? I really, my vision has changed. You know, I think that probably this, this or this is the way that I want to go. So I feel like they're just helping you move forward. But in my opinion, you have to be gentle with, you have to be strong with yourself, yet gentle with yourself, if that makes sense. It does. And I think if we learn nothing from the pandemic, rigidity is out. <laughs> Flexibility, right. agility is in because right. the more rigid you are, the harder it is to adapt to change. And that was a change monumental. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everything went out the window. Every right. plan, every single thing that they wanted had changed. So I think if we've learned nothing else, something that flows is a much better way to plan. Right. I talked about that in a previous episode about business planning, too, is that there should be multiple checkpoints, not just an annual checkpoint. Right. Yep. Do that. How does one get started with a vision board? What are some of the tools and resources? <sighs> So it's changed a little bit, um, but, you know, I want to go back a little bit for like looking at your vision. I love it. So um, our brains are computers. So it's just input. It's just input. Your, our brains don't think this is a very bad thing or this is a very good thing. It's just input. So it's more important when you're getting ready to do your vision board to how it makes you feel than what you think. Right. So that's why I really like as you're looking into your pictures, you're feeling into your goals. Right. So. Um, <clears throat> I So to make vision boards like you can go ahead and Google and see any kind of different vision boards that you might want to make. I personally I, I know that you, Andrea, you like to put a lot of words mm -hmm. on yours and I do not. I do better with pictures um, and what it makes me feel. And um, so you'd want to get a, a poster board. It can be whatever size you want it to be because you're going to be hanging it somewhere you can see it every day. So it can be in your office. It can be in your bedroom. It can be in your bathroom anywhere so that you just have a moment to look at it. Um, and then you go ahead and bring, you know, scissors, glue, sticks, markers, anything that you want to, to, make it your own. You can put googly eyes on it if you'd like to. It used to be would go ahead and bring a lot of magazines. Everybody would bring a magazine if we were having a class. They bring a few magazines and we just pass them around and cut out any pictures that talk to you. And now I actually will go online and just, you know, google whatever it is that I'm like meditation, let's say. And I would look at that and pick the ones that fit me best. And I was thinking the other day that meditation, I always end up having a picture of like the back of a woman, like meditating on the beach, but really doesn't really do anything for me. What really gets me is those pictures of by the water of rocks that are stacked on top of each other. For some reason that just makes me calm and it makes me kind of centered. So yeah, that's what you, what you would want to do. And what I have my people do and what I try to do is to go ahead and as I said, you know, think of about what you want and then like put yourself in a calming place you know breathe a few times a few deep breaths and just sit and start writing about what it is that you want to accomplish and just envision it and just well that's like future visioning 
So you would go ahead and you would just think, I want to be something, whatever it is that you want to do. And then you visualize yourself as that person doing that thing, right? So if you are a high powered salesman, you might picture yourself in like a very expensive suit and nice shoes or in a nice car, whatever it is, right? And so you're future visioning it. And then you start looking for pictures. Then you start looking for those things that make you feel like that. Um, I really so like that because when you're in coaching, they, they speak to us a lot about visualization. <laughs> Seeing yourself in a future state is an easier way to manifest something to actually happen. Right. see it you're acting like it's already happening so forth so I love that concept tell me more about you had said a little bit ago about the different types of words you can create so you said and you're right I like I'm a writer so I like words mm -hmm. you like the pictures and the downloading and stuff how micro should you get like do you do a board for one goal or do you do an overarching goal? I know there's a lot of freedom to it, but what are some of the more flexible and unique ways you've seen vision boards done? Um, I think it's up to the, the individual, you know, completely up to the individual. Because as I said, you know, if I have words on there, the years that I did just put words on there, it's like, it was just like, you can do it. Or, you know, and I'd look at it and I'd be like, you can do what? Um, <laughs> so I don't remember. Um, but <laughs> can Google it because there are specific things. There's boards that you can, or boxed boards that you can order, things like that. But I think you just have to kind of experiment a little bit to see what you want to do. Because I really liked that at that point, I really liked that when I made the one before I moved back up here, I really liked having, you know, the picture of like, I had the picture of, of you and me in London. I had a picture of the family at the beach. I had a picture of the family at Disney World. I had things like that. And it really, those pictures brought me joy. I know that in the past also, I've done vision boards where I've wanted things. I What I would do was like, let's say I wanted a Vitamix. I wanted a car. I wanted a camera. I, there were things that I specifically wanted and I put them all on there. And when I got them, I would take them off because you know that glue stick doesn't stick really, really well. And so I'd take them off and I'd put on the, back of it the date that I got it and then I put it in a drawer so that I could look back and see oh wow I really got almost everything or everything that I wanted to get when they were physical things that I was looking to get then the one that I said that I made when I became a coach was just so totally not anything that I'd done before but for some reason every time I would look at that my I would just calm I would just calm and I have to say, it's like when you're doing a vision board, I don't know if you've heard of the book, The Miracle Morning, written by Hal Elrod. I won't go through the whole book, but basically he came up with something that he called savers. So that every morning, the idea is to get up before everybody else gets up. So you're alone for that first hour. And for 10 minutes apiece, you have silence, which would be like meditation or prayer. You would do your affirmations for whatever it was that you were getting ready to do. And, you know, a side note on affirmations, um, I feel like they too need to be inspired and to kind of watch yourself so that you're like, you know, it's like, I'm the greatest person in the world. You know, maybe it's more like, I am so wonderful and I am 
always having people when I was a real estate, you know, I am always attracting ready, willing and able buyers and sellers. And that would be one of the things. And so anyway, so that's uh, affirmations, then visualization for 10 minutes. And that is when I would go ahead and look at my vision board and just see myself doing those things, you know, and just whatever it was that I had put on there, 10 minutes of exercise, 10 minutes of reading, and then 10 minutes of journaling. And so that journaling can be whatever you want to do. But what I started to do was do some more of my future journaling. So I've looked at it, I've made my affirmations as far and it doesn't have to be in that order. <laughs> but I've done all those things. And I now am going to go ahead and just journal about what it is that I want to accomplish as if I have already accomplished it. That's awesome. That's a completely different way to look at it. Instead of incrementally driving yourself crazy, chasing after one tiny little thing and then another right. tiny little thing and then another tiny little thing, which is the way we're wired as human beings. When I first did a vision board with you, I hung it in a place that I didn't normally see it. I hung it like behind me on the wall in my office. So when I came into my office, I would see it but it was behind me. So mm -hmm. I didn't really see it all the time where I hang it now. And I have for the past several years is in the wall between my bedroom and my bathroom. Right. So it's the first thing I see when I get up in the morning and it's the last thing I see before going to bed. Mm -hmm. So I have that sort of checkpoint that says I've made a, a step towards it. Or if I've done anything where I've sort of fallen short of goal and some of that, I look at it as a learning. What can I learn right. from it? How can I move forward? So how do you hold yourself accountable to vision boards as an individual? Before I answer that, um, I would like to know if you remember what you had on the vision board that went behind you in the office and what did you accomplish? Oh my God. That's a really good question. See, this is what happens when you have your sister on the <laughs> podcast with you. She calls balls and strikes, man. The one thing I do remember was that we took a family vacation mm -hmm. and we did. That was ah. the one thing that we accomplished. Mm -hmm. But that was the only thing I remember. Right, right. It was a big thing. Um I know I had a car on a brand new car on my vision board for quite a few years and only got it a couple of years ago. So, yeah. um, so holding yourself accountable, it's like, you know, no one really, no one can hold us accountable for anything except ourselves. So let's say you have an accountability coach. You have to really be that person who is going to say, no, I want you to hold me accountable for it. If I can't do it, I want you to do this action. I think it's the commitment. It's the commitment that you have to have wherever it is in there that you want. So many years ago, I was taking a class. We had to do specific things that were pushed beyond our comfort zone. The coach that was giving this class asked people what their goals were. And I remember this was a real estate class. And one guy had been in real estate for like two weeks. And he said, I'm going to do 10 transactions during this eight week course. He's just gotten into real estate. For those of you who are not realtors, you get, you get your license and you realize I just didn't learn anything about how to do anything in real estate. I just learned how to pass my test. 
So here he is, and he just, that's all he knows is how to pass his test. And he had pretty long red hair, and he had a full beard, mustache, red. And then there was another woman there, and she said, I'm going to talk to a thousand people a week. And we had to talk to a hundred people a week. She had very long red hair for some reason also. And it was her, it was her statement piece. You know, whenever you said, Hey, do you know so-and-so? Oh, the one with the beautiful red hair, the long hair. And so this coach said to both of them, he said to her first, are you willing, if you don't talk to a thousand people a week, are, are you willing to cut your hair on the last day of class? And she said, Oh no, I'm not cutting my beautiful hair. So then he said to the other guy, you know, okay, so what happens if you don't talk to, or if you don't have 10 transactions, are you willing to shave your head and shave your beard? And he said, absolutely. So we came to the last day and he had had eight transactions as opposed to 10. This is phenomenal and crazy that a brand new agent of two weeks, and he was a young guy, so he didn't have a big network of people who were already in their first house, who wanted to look for a house. So he only had those eight transactions and he brought clippers to the last day of class and he was ready to cut it all off. And the coach said, we're not going to cut your hair off, but this is the difference between commitment and I just kind of like to have this happen. That's what we have to do with everything. Because this guy, okay, he didn't do 10, but he did eight. And there were so many people in there that did maybe two or one or nothing. So it's pretty amazing. This is why I really like to tap into what do I really want to accomplish? Okay, I want to make a whole bunch of money. What do I want to do with that money? Well, what I want to do with that money is I want to you know, pay for my nephew to go to college. I want to take everybody on a trip. I want to give to a charity. I want to, I, that's where it is. It's like, I mean, I can feel it. It's like, this is where, this is why I want that money as opposed to like, I want to make a million dollars this year. It's like, why? And once you get to that, why it's like the commitment of like, okay, well, I am going to call this many people, or I am going to knock on so many doors or whatever it is that you're trying to do. So by looking, by making that vision board, something that compels you to look at it, to get that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to be able to give so much money to the ASPCA. I'm going to be able to St. Jude's, whatever it is, you know, um, that's the thing that pushes you forward. And that's the thing that holds you accountable. It's the commitment of what you want to do, which is also why I feel like if you've got a vision board and you're looking at it and you're just like, you know, you're not feeling anything about it. You're, it, you're just looking at it and it's no longer going like, yes, it's no longer touching your heart. You can stop and, you know, visualize it. And that's why I think it's important to vis future vision also every day while you're looking or after you've looked at it or whatever and change it because you could be saying, I really want to, um, I don't know. I want to buy a, a yacht. I really want to have a yacht and this is what I want to do. And all of a sudden in April, you're like, Hey, you know what? I've always wanted to live in New Mexico. I'm moving to New Mexico. So that yacht is out because you've got really no place to put it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to be using it, that kind of thing, or, you know, any goal that you have. In fact, this year I was thinking that I wanted to put a little bit of wording on mine. I want, and I haven't put it together in my head yet, but I'd like to have those things that I want to do. Like maybe for instance, with Hal Elrod, you know, maybe I'll write those things at the just small at the bottom. It's like visualize, journal, do those things that all honesty and you know this because you're my sister, is like, I plan on doing these things and they don't all get done. 
And then I look back and I'm like, ah, I missed out on that. So was I, was it because I wasn't in my face a lot? Cause we do have a lot of distractions mm-hmm. or was it because that's not really what I wanted to do? I'm so glad that you said that because what I don't want our listeners to think is that it's a way to be in your face 24 seven, hitting you over the head saying, damn it, do this. Right. And if you don't, there's hell to pay. That's not it. We do that to ourselves enough. Right. When we step on a scale, when we measure up to other people and all of these things that, you know, the cancel culture that we're in and social media and all the shaming. And I don't want people to think that what a vision board should be is it should flex to you in the moment. So Mm -hmm. if it's not hitting you in the moment, maybe it's time to think differently about your vision. Right. Actually, I was coaching somebody today in real estate and he's a young guy. It's funny because we kind of had this talk last week about really looking at your goals and don't just make a goal of like, I want to talk to 10 people a week. And I, you know, there were specific things like that. I said, I want you this week. I want you to go ahead and just reflect on what it is. Why do you have these goals? What goals are they? And if it's to talk to 10 people to figure out how am I going to set myself up to talk to, to have 10 real estate conversations? as opposed to like, I have a goal to do this. And then just not thinking it out because we go ahead and we have these goals. And in order for the universe to help us achieve these goals, we still have to make effort towards it, whether it's mental effort or physical effort or both. And so he came back to me today and he said, I said, so how was this past week? And he said, oh, it was pretty good. He said, I had eight conversations and I got two of them into my database. And I said, okay, so what about goals? Because that was your thing that you were supposed to work on this week was goals. And he had a couple of other things also. And he said, well, you know, I decided instead of talking to 10 people a week, I'm going to put it down to five because I don't want to feel bad about myself. So we had to talk about the commitment and also the talk about like, be nice to yourself. You know, we have to be strict with ourselves and we have to be strong with ourselves, but we also have to be kind with ourselves. There's a bunch of little kids within us who were told something by loving, caring parents that just didn't seem, you know, we didn't take it the way that they were putting it out. Money is the root of all evil. You know, that kind of stuff that we've just been fed that our, that our computer brains are just, you know, saying, oh, you didn't talk to 10 people. You are bad. As opposed to what if you go ahead and you say, I'm talking to 10 people and you only get to talk to nine. I said, you you, you had 10 people this week and you talked to eight. So now what is the idea about putting it down to, well, I'm just going to go down to five so I won't feel bad about myself. So my hope with everybody is that it's fun. Life is fun. Life is hard. Life is heartbreaking. It's all of the things. But the sooner that we can look at humor in anything, or the sooner we can be like, okay, well, that sucked. So what did I learn from it? You know, how can I change it? And that's my thought about changing vision boards. It's like, well, I wanted this and that, but that is definitely not what I need to do. Or why am I not getting to that goal? Well, what are your steps to get to that goal? The vision board is part of it. The vision board is the part of like, oh, yes, I do want to do that. Yeah. So let me go out. This is going to make me talk to a hundred people this week, or this is going to make me go ahead and, you know, not eat Snickers bars. I haven't mastered that one yet, but I, I hope that the vision boards that we do just really touch you in some way so that it inspires you to want to both get to that goal, but to be kind to yourself and have fun doing it. With I mean, vision boards are fun. 
It's a fun way to plan ahead. It should, yeah. it should really be cherished. Mm-hmm. And it's a motivational tool. I don't look at it as the discipline of the Bushido code that we talked about with Steve and Beauchamp at the start of the month. Some people need those things, but others right. may need the creative vision of a vision right. board. And, I, and I'm so glad that you shared these stories with us. If we're to leave episode today with one pearl that you want people to really adopt in 2023, what would that be? Well, I would want to just say to have fun, to enjoy, to enjoy. And and that's why I also said in the beginning, as far as what types of vision boards are there, I Google it because there are some people who are going to be like, no, who are very structured because we all have different personalities and they're going to want to see something, put a checklist on it to check it off. That's another thing that I've done. It's like to check whatever it is off whenever it gets done to really enjoy it and to really make it a fun chore and tap into what's in your heart. That's it. Tap into what's in your heart because it will be easier for you if you really look and see, okay, I want to make this money. Why? And really get into your heart. It's like, what is it that you want to do with that money? I love that. That's critically important. I want to thank you for not only being my sister, but also for joining the call today. Um, Because I I think this episode really lays out the vision for 2023 in a very different way. I think 2021 was the year about rebuilding. Mm -hmm. 2022 has been the year of really kind of getting back into a new semblance of normalcy adopting new things, awakening and opening up a fresh mindset. And I started this year with an abundance mindset. That was Mm -hmm. episode one. So we're ending the year on that note as well. We have one more week to cover in 52 weeks of empowerment. I'm so excited that you were part of this journey. Thank you so, so much. Thank you very much. I love being here. I loved it too. And I love all of our listeners being here. We will be back with you again next week. Same time, same place, even more power. Mm -hmm.